Welcome to the Bridges of Wealth live show and podcast, where every episode we explore how first-time entrepreneurs and investors here in Philly navigate business ownership, financial literacy, and education. And while it's not always easy, together we do believe it's possible. Here at Bridges of Wealth, we are a nonprofit based at the University of Pennsylvania and on a mission to close the wealth gap here in Philly and beyond through education and opportunity. Our programming is often free, available to folks of all ages. We believe it's intergenerational, as we like to call it. And so it's by no surprise that also our live show and podcast is intergenerational too. We have some leaders of the new school, as I like to call them, also AKA the P-Robe team, Aliyah, Kayla, and Siani, our 12th graders at Robeson High School here in Philly. And they're also members of the Bridges to Entrepreneurship program, and they will be helping to co-host and co-produce today's episode. In addition, we have Justin, who is a mentor in the Bridges Well program and a freshman at the Warden School. And I guess if they're the leaders of the new school, you might call me the old head. My name is Gregory. I am the community relations director here at Bridges to Wealth and also an entrepreneurship mentor. And today's episode is episode six. The numbers are starting to climb up there. This is episode six of the Bridges to Wealth live stream and podcast. And it is titled Writing Your Way to Success in School and in Life writing your way to success in school and in life. And today we'll have a special guest to help us with that conversation, and it is Melissa Rowe. Today's episode six, writing your way to success in school and in life, and we have Melissa Rowe. She's an educator, a writer, and founder of Capture Greatness, and she's gonna help us figure out how students can write their way to wealth through scholarships and beyond. Do we have Miss Melissa on the line? Yes. How are you, Gregory? How are you? I am well. Even better now that you are here to join us today. Yeah, with a little technical difficulty on my part. <laughs> hey, it is all, all good. We make it happen. In the way the world is going on right now, I am grateful that we got connection and that we're able to have this conversation. Before we jump into today's topic, though, um, how are you and your loved ones during, doing during this pandemic? Everyone is fine. Today is my stepfather's birthday, so I'm preparing a dinner. Um, so we are trying as much as possible to go on with life as usual. Cool. No, that's um, that that makes sense, and and it's uh awesome that you're going to get to celebrate family today and uh, on their birthday. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So with that, let's get into today's conversation. We're going to talk for a little bit. And then for the Philly Focus segment, you know, there's some uh, team members who have some questions for you. going to put you on the hot seat. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> but, but before we get there, um, writing for scholarships. Uh, it sounds like it's a good idea. I think a lot of people know that intuitively. But over the years, with the work you've done related to scholarship writing, how much money has have folks been able to secure a capture that you work with over the years related to writing for scholarships? Yeah, so with Capture Greatness, our scholarship focus with Philadelphia students um, in particular has really been phenomenal. So our official number as of the end of last year is 3.5 million in scholarships captured. Um, but our unofficial number, as we are watching scholarship dollars come in for this school year, will be closer to five million. Ooh, so th there's there's some money out there to to be captured. 
there's a lot of money. <laughs> there's a lot of scholarship dollars. And it sounds like we want to cap and it sounds like we want to capture you are the person to talk to about it. <laughs> Very cool. A little so, bit. I think I know a little something about it. Well, for any high school students listening right now, or college students or parents of college students and high school students, you might want to stick around for Melissa to share some of the insights that will help um, you be a part of that capturing greatness and uh, those scholarship dollars. So with that, just as a, a quick backdrop, what are some of the types of writing that students will have to do to get scholarships? Yeah, so the scholarship essay, as with the personal statement, the um, college admission essay, both of them require narrative essay writing. And so it's a little different than what we're used to in school, we're often taught persuasive essay writing. You know, we're trying to prove a point um, or get someone on our side. But for the writing that our students are doing for college, it's narrative. It's understanding what their personal stories are and how they can answer the questions or the prompts that a college or scholarship committee is posing um, in a way that helps them to reveal what their strengths are, you know, where they see themselves in the future, and ultimately the impact they can have on their communities when they have support getting to college. Awesome. So is it is it fair to say that um, a range of scholarships might include you writing, to your point, about making a point or writing a resume or... Um, some type of essay or personal statement, but is it fair to say that the personal statement is likely going to show up in almost any of those scholarship requests? Yeah, so the personal statement is so important. You know, that is the essay where students have free reign to say, this is who I am. You know, this is who I'm becoming coming. And this is why I want access to this opportunity. And so the personal statement doubles often because many of our students will use personal statements uh, for college admission. They can use it for their common app if they choose to apply to multiple colleges at one time through common app. Um, but then often you'll see scholarship committees telling students, you know, we just want to know more about you. We don't have a particular prompt. Can you share your personal statement with us? So that is like the multi-purpose essay right there. That makes a lot of sense. And as you were saying that, it also comes to mind that for students that might have their own social media or their own websites, that, that about me section is probably a place where their personal statement might show up too. That's right, that's right. About me um, in some of their social media, you know, they can take snippets of the, the things that they really feel is important for people to know about them, plug it right in. And since we're talking about them going into career, LinkedIn is a great place to um, start to have some of those, you know, items show up where you are forming a narrative about who you are and, and, and how you add value. How, what, what goes into writing a personal statement? <laughs> right, because um, I hear it, we know what it, like it's, I, I guess I know what it is, but like, what do I have to, what's part of writing a personal statement? Okay, so one way that I like for students to think about the personal statement is as if it's um, a paper interview. And so, you know, many of us have had the opportunity to interview for some type of position um, or some type of opportunity. And so when you think about an interview, it's really a conversation 
you know, that you're having with folks. But the challenge with the personal statement is that there is no talkback. So you almost want to predict what questions your interviewer would have for you and then put those things in your personal statement. Um, so, you know, for instance, sometimes we have a rough road in high school. And so my 10th grade year might not be the year that I want to put on display. But if I know that I'm applying to college and you're going to see my transcripts and they're looking primarily at 9th, 10th and 11th grade because we apply for college early 12th grade, they might say, you know, did this young person only turn their academic life around in 11th grade because they thought about college or are they scholars? And so I might decide in my personal statement that I want to address what happened in 10th grade. And perhaps that was, you know, a transition that was difficult for me, could have been moving or death in a family or divorce, right? I might choose to talk about what I was experiencing in 10th grade and how, what, what were the methods or the techniques I used to get myself back on track. Then we have some students who, you know, knew almost from when they were out of the womb what, what it is they wanted to do, right? What career they wanted to pursue. And so for some of our students, if they're really thinking about a career path that's going to require another eight, 12 years, I encourage them to share stories about how they've already been on this path. Did you take advanced placement classes, you know, in high school? Uh, did you um, do a competitive summer program to prepare you for the opportunities, you know, that you're saying you want someone to give you access to? And so those are different ways that we can determine what should be in our personal statement. Where are we trying to go and what do we think the college admission officer or the scholarship panel needs to know about us to convince them that we are the person who should get the opportunity? No, I love that. And it's uh, cool that you're, that idea of being proactive and telling our story that we know might pique the interest of uh, those who are watching uh, as they read through our overall application. Um, with that, uh, first I'd like to just give a shout out to those following along online. Uh, Alexis B says yes and puts dollar signs. And so I'm assuming she's referring to when you talked about the millions of dollars you've helped Philly <laughs> students capture in terms of scholarships. I'm going to guess that's what she was referring to. <laughs> and then Linda Fernandez says great info. So, so far, uh, so good. Folks are really appreciating the info that you're sharing. And just so uh, folks know, stick around because the students are going to put Miss Melissa on the hot seat too. And we're going to get really Philly focused with uh, Robeson High School students who are also part of the Bridges of Wealth program going deep dive with Miss Melissa. Before we get to that though, the personal statement. Um, for those who are about to start writing it, uh, are there certain frameworks that students can start to think of uh, because they may want to make sure that they're not rambling on or they don't know how to start it, how to begin it, how to finish it. What are maybe uh, frameworks that you like to use or coach students to use when doing the personal statement? Yeah, so Capture Greatness uh, has a personal statement workbook. And in the workbook, we break down your traditional five paragraph essay into what we call the easy essay menu. 
And so, you know, we encourage students to look at their introduction paragraph as an appetizer. It should be something that whets your reader's appetite and makes them excited about getting to, you know, the full course, right? And so as you go deeper into your narrative essay, um, you want to be thinking about adding some protein, some veggies, some carbs to this plate, right? Things that can really sustain a reader. And so for protein, ideally, when whenever we're writing for college or scholarships, people really want to know what are your goals? And so you want to make sure that you include uh, one or two major goals goals that you're trying to accomplish with a college degree. It's important to note that getting the degree alone isn't the goal, right? So we're not investing in students just because they want to have a piece of paper, but what will this piece of paper allow you to do? Um, also, what? who's your motivation? Who's your source of motivation? And what values will you add to a college or scholarship community? Those things are important. We want to know that you're not going to, you know, get to college and say, you know what, I think I was tired of school already, so I'm just going to leave. So what's your source of motivation that'll keep you going even through the rough times? And then the last paragraph, not that it has to be five paragraphs, but as you round out your personal statement, really think about making that conclusion sweet. So I call that the dessert. You know, you want to bring it all in together. You want to give someone something that's nice and concise. Your paragraph should be something that could ultimately stand alone, right? Um, if you're like me, you might eat dessert <laughs> before the meal. So you want to be thinking about your conclusion as if, you know, if they only read this one paragraph, will it encapsulate what it is I'm trying to say about myself? So that means dessert first is okay, but not for my personal statement. <laughs> no, <laughs> you wanna you wanna feed them in order. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Appetizer, main course, and then dessert, and be very forward looking in terms of <laughs> goals and so forth, and leave them um, wanting more. Yes. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, with that, uh, I think we're going to bring the students in. And I want folks to stick around, though, because before we end the show, hopefully you will share some writing tips for folks okay. um, and then also some online resources if they want to figure out um, some ways to improve their writing so that they can uh, have success both in school and in life because of their improved writing skills. We have our first student up for Philly Focus, and that is Siani. Um, can you hear us, Siani? Yes, I can hear you. Are you ready to put Miss Melissa on the hot seat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, um, Siani. <laughs> Hi, how are you? What is your first question for Melissa? So my first question is, how has COVID-19 affected the scholarship process? Like, I've seen that some scholarships have um, pushed back their deadlines or, you know, had funding issues or anything of that nature. So Siani, you did your homework, absolutely. Um, because of the pandemic, we see that uh, a number of scholarship um, institutions and foundations have pushed back their deadlines. And so that's one of the things, if there was a scholarship you were thinking about applying for and you, you know, found that you were too busy at the time, you might want to check in on their website to see if their uh, deadline has been extended so that you can still submit. Um, 
also because of the financial impact of COVID-19 on colleges and universities, uh, the cost to attend school as we know it has gone up for many institutions. And so I see the scholarship landscape becoming a little more competitive than it was before. Um, and especially as we start to consider how many students and current college students, as well as uh, families and parents are losing their income, there's going to be a much greater demand on scholarship funds to get through college. Yeah, that is, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and I'm assuming like the increased competition and things like that um, because of some of the economic uncertainty that's gonna come from the pandemic too. And it's already happening. I just heard that um, our unemployment claims are up to 26 million as of this week. And so, you know, colleges, as much as it is an educational um, decision, it's also an economic decision. So a lot of families and students will need help. Yeah, which is why we appreciate you taking time today to talk about um, how folks can improve their writing to have even a better shot at um, scholarships and funding, which will be so important going forward. Uh, Siani, uh, what's another question you have for uh, Melissa? So my second question is, one: what is one piece of advice that you would give to students who are struggling to pay for college? I would say uh, be diligent. You know, old school saying, when there's a will, there's a way. Um, I think that now is a good time to be strategic. And so a lot of students, you know, often go for jobs because they want money to be able to buy uh, necessities or other things. But if you are a college student and you will be working, see if you can work for companies that have education um, benefits built in that might look like uh, some tuition reimbursement, or it might be scholarships for employees. Um, and then also be wise. One of the ways that we can really cut costs of a college education is by not living on campus. And we don't know what the landscape is going to look like anyway, you know, in terms of if colleges will still be able to house students the way they used to. And so that's one way to eliminate thousands of dollars from your college bill if you can commute or find lower cost housing um, near the college or university you'll attend. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, so with that, we are going to now add into the conversation. We got more questions and more team members that want to ask you uh, what's going on when it comes to writing for success in school and in life. So with that, okay. we're going to see if we can get Aliyah on the line. And in a second, Look, there she is. Uh, hey, y'all. Hey, Aliyah, how you doing? <laughs> Hi, Aliyah. <laughs> hey, y'all. Hey, how y'all doing this, this fine afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, it's, it's always better when we are all together, even though it's not in person. Virtually, it's still uh, something I know I look forward to uh, when we get to be together this way until we can do it the way we used to. So um, do you have a question for Miss Melissa? Yes, I got questions, but half of my face is going to be out because I have this big old earring in my nose. <laughs> okay. 
So, my first question is: Is there anything? Is there anything you would change about the college education process now that we're in this pandemic? Is there anything you want to add or anything they should take off that's unnecessary since we are going through this crisis right now? The college application process. Um, you know, here's one thing that I would like for policymakers, government, or someone uh, to update, and that's the FAFSA process, right? And so as you all are applying for college, um, currently the FAFSA is asking for your family's prior, prior year income. And so for students entering college in 2020, they're asking for tax returns and what the family has brought in from 2018, not even 2019. And so I think one of the things that could be more equitable when we think about um, the impact of the pandemic is to have some type of questionnaire where families and students can report what has happened, right, as of our disaster. So I think in um, the United States, I believe that like our official disaster start date was March 1st of 2020. I think that would be important to be able to capture if there have been, you know, job loss or slow, uh, a slowdown in income or something like that. Um, that part would be important. And also one of the ways that colleges can make it more affordable for students to find um, a college that's a good fit for them could be to just waive application fees. That would be uh, an awesome thing to bring down just some of the cost of even <laughs> applying and getting into school. So I hope that you are right about the, the mm -hmm. fees being waived. Uh, Aliyah, did you have uh, another question for Melissa? Okay, my other question was, is there any advice you need to see during this time? Ones that don't want to go to college, ones that do, but can't, others that do want to go, but scared. Like, just any advice you'll give students that are going through the time. Okay, so any advice for students who don't want to go to college and who want to go but are scared? And what was the third one? It was just, like, basic, like, different scenarios. Like, some that do want to go but don't. I mean, some that do want to go, some that don't, some that want to take your all, uh, others that want to go straight in, others that scared or like not ready mentally to go. Okay, like a gap year. Yeah, and, and yeah, and I, and I think if I'm hearing a last question too, it's like okay. for students who the um, uncertainty of the pandemic has created even more uncertainty, and now they're if they were coming to meet with you. They're not sure what path they want to go down. How do you help them um, create a new focus uh, for a path forward for themselves? Oh, okay. So that's a really good question. So um, while we don't know, you know, what industries are going to pop up, where there will be more funding or money, you know, uh, for certain career paths, we're not really sure. And so what I would say is focus on building your skill sets. And so that could be by going to college. That could be by starting, um, you know, at a, at a local college, maybe part time. It could be even now, you know, in the interim. So even if you plan on going to college in fall, 
we still have four more months, right, before you would be entering um, or, or stepping foot on a college campus. And so I think now is a good time to not get completely overwhelmed in what is going on now, but think about what will make me stronger as a college student, what will make me stronger as an entrepreneur, as a business person, what would make me stronger as an employee? What are some talents or skills that I currently have that I want to develop more? And then think about, you know, those things that are um, marketable. And so how can you use this time now that we don't, we're not doing a lot of commuting, you don't have full school days, you know, how can you use this time to be building skill sets that are marketable and can bring you money in the future? I mean, ultimately, that's what a college degree is, right? You know, we're going to college to, to acquire a certain knowledge base and to learn how to interact and engage in certain ways that will allow us to have higher earning potential. And so we can do that in college or out, but it does not have to look like a full four-year commitment to a school. Does that make sense uh, for you, Eliya, in terms of at least some things to consider? Uh-huh. Cool. I, I really didn't see what you were talking about, man. <clears throat> she was letting me know like stuff that students should do during this time. So thank you for it. Very cool. Well, oh, Melissa, just when you thought it might be over and we don't have any more students and any more questions, guess what? <laughs> we got more. We got, more. we got more. Uh, shout <laughs> out to, to everyone who's been following along on the Facebook Live. You're listening to and watching the Bridges of Wealth podcast and live stream. And today is episode six, Writing Your Way to Success in School and in Life. And the show is co-produced and co-host by Siani, Alaya, and Kayla, who are 12th graders at Robeson High School and also part of the Bridges Well program. And in addition, it is co-hosted and co-produced by Justin, who is a mentor in the program and is also wow. a freshman at Wharton. And he is about to pop on the screen too. We got, we got everybody here. <laughs> Uh, and shout out to Kayla, who was also part of the team, who was not able to join us uh, for today's discussion, but she helped plan the show along with all of us who are on the screen right now. And so I will turn it over to Justin. Do you have a question for Melissa? Yes, I do. I do have a question. <laughs> uh, Melissa, what, what recommendation would you Hi, give? Hi, Justin. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I'm jumping right in. <laughs> what recommendation would you give, give a student or just anybody experiencing writer's block, like they can't get a paper started? or start the personal essay, whatever they're writing. Yeah, so writer's block is this tricky thing, right? Especially um, as a person who identifies as a writer, I know that I've said that I had writer's block. But what I've come to find uh, as a writer and as a writing coach is that writer's block is often a symptom of not having clarity. And so it is, listen, a blank screen or a blank sheet of paper can be very intimidating, especially when we don't know where to start. Um, and sometimes saying, oh, just write anything is not really helpful, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when we are writing like high stakes. <laughs> I call, you know, our college and scholarship essays like high stakes writing because you know that there are opportunities that you want on the other side of it or dollars that you want on the other side of it. And so what would I do if I was experiencing writer's block now? 
I would use my imagination it might sound, you know, a little wonky, but I would actually start to have the conversation either with a friend or by myself in a mirror and say, listen, mm. you know, here are the things that I think you should really know about me and just see where that takes you. If you're comfortable, you can start to record your thoughts in your cell phone or on your computer. Um, and then if you are really, you know, you're more tactile and you want to be using your hands for something, you can even start by texting it out. Sometimes we get in our heads around, you know, proper writing and we don't need that first. No writing is good writing unless there's clarity and thought. So you really want to give yourself space to figure out what is it that I want to say or what do I think? Um, would be good and appealing for me to say in this situation. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's good advice. And and now, as you said that, it makes me think about um, just making sure I'm clear on who's the audience or what's the point I'm trying to make. And and once I get clear on some of those initial things, it makes the writing process a whole lot lot easier. <clears throat> Justin, yeah. did you have um, one more question for Melissa? I do have another question. <laughs> uh, what would you say to students that are looking to take a, take a gap year now because of like a lot of situations? Like, how does writing for a resume or cover letter differ from like writing for a personal essay? Like, how would you, what advice would you give to those students taking a gap year? You know what, Justin? They, of course, the format for all of this writing is different, but um, what a resume. <laughs> And a personal statement and a scholarship essay all have in common is that it's all about you, right? Like this yeah. isn't a book report. This isn't a research paper. It's about you. And what I think is important for anybody in any of these situations to remember is we are really trying to figure out or your reader is really trying to figure out how you are going to make an impact, right? You're, how you're going to be a change agent. Um, and so it's really about the value that you you are bringing. So if you remember back to the personal statement, one of those things that should be on your plate is your value. What value would you bring to a college community? Same if you're taking a gap year, if you want to explore the workforce. You know, we often write resumes um, or we think that resumes are our job description. Right. So this is what I was told to do. But you really want your resume and your cover letter to point to the value that you were able to add to a company or an organization. And the reason you know you've actually added value is because you have something tangible to point to. So what was the outcome? So, you know, did more people come into your store, the store you worked in or the establishment because of your personality? Were you able to get more people in and out um, because of a system? that yeah. you created or set up. And so we can talk about those things across any of the type of writing you just asked about. Mm. Yeah. Helpful. Thank you. And, and, um, and thanks for asking that question, Justin, because I think uh, while college is a path and, and one that we are uh, very supportive of, we also know that going straight from high school to college isn't the only path. And so I appreciate you bringing up the fact that some people may be considering gap years or other alternative paths to success in their life. And it doesn't all look the same for all of us. Very cool. Um, I will ask one question. So it seems we have some uh, Facebook Live questions. 
or comments. Uh, this was from okay. maybe earlier in the show, but Alexis B says Trader Joe's has education benefits UPS as well. And that may have went to one of the earlier conversations. And Allende Stewart, shout out to Allende, <clears throat> someone I went to school with back in the day. He says, hey, Greg, Allende here. Have you all addressed decreased revenue and endowment limitations heading into the fall? Do you have any perspective or anything we should be thinking about? Or is that a topic that's even too early to even comment on, uh, Melissa? It's not too early. So I have one student, she's already been um, admitted to Wellesley. They sent her her financial aid award letter uh, over a month ago. And so the beautiful part in her story is that last year as a high school junior, she competed for the QuestBridge scholarship. And so she is a QuestBridge scholar, so QuestBridge will be paying the cost of her education. But just this week, Wellesley sent out a new updated um, financial aid award letter. And what it reflected is that the cost of attendance for this upcoming year has already increased by $3,000. And so, right. Right. And so we're we're talking about, you know, Harvard giving back stimulus money and endowments. But at the same time, we're also in a shutdown right, of like our economy, uh, pretty much, especially our local economy when it comes to where we're working and, and, and earning most of our income from. And so I, I imagine that there's going to be a lot of students writing appeals. I imagine that the whole FAFSA EFC or expected family contribution is going to go out the window, right? Because whatever you made in 2018 has nothing to do with what you're what you have now and what you're able um, to make. And then there's there's priorities, right? So do where a parent or a family might have had money on the side for college. Is it going to be more important to put that money towards rent or mortgage so that we can keep the roof over our head? And so I think colleges are going to really have to figure that out. And then there's also going to be a recalculation of how much it costs. You know, most students are paying um, under the pretense that they're going to be on campus meeting with professors and students face to face. And if we have extended semesters of being online, well, how much does it, how much is tuition then? Um, so, yeah, so there is going to be a lot. It's not too early to think about it. And colleges and universities are already um, thinking about it and enacting on it. Thank you uh, to Allende Stewart for that comment. And thank you for your perspective. He says uh, that was his point, too. And he wrote <laughs> gap year is starting to sound better and better. And maybe for some students, it might be something that they consider exploring. Um, but for those who want to keep pushing forward, to college in the fall, um, the ability to write and go out and get scholarship uh, money is going to be even at a heightened level. Um, and so we are uh, grateful that you've taken some time today to talk about us, talk to us about how folks can improve their writing and about personal statements and so forth. So with that though, I wanna come back to personal statements before we start to uh, wrap up today's episode. For those who, They've heard what you said, Melissa. They know that scholarships help them capture a whole lot of money, and you are very good at that. We've had the Philly Focus where Elias, Siani, Justin got questions for you in the hot seat. You've been answering them. But now I'm sitting down at home, 
and I have to start writing my mm -hmm. personal statement, what are some tips that you have for students out there who want to improve their writing? Yeah, so the personal statement, um, one rule that I have for any any writing, you know, but any narrative writing where you're telling the story is to show and not tell. And so the first thing is we've been taught in school that a good introduction looks like a quote, you know, from a book or some wise sage piece of advice um, or to restate the question or the prompt, right? Um, and for narratives, it is not that, you know, think about when you go to the movies, how many of your favorite movies open with a quote <laughs> for you, right? It gets right into the action. And so that's what you wanna do with your narratives. You wanna stand out, it is a competitive process, but you know, choose a story that you're telling and bring them right into your story. So if you are the student who knew you wanted to be a doctor um, or, or had the inclination that you wanted to be a doctor from when you were five, you know, bring us to your five-year-old self, you know, putting bandages, all of the, you, you can say something like my favorite, my favorite toy was my teddy bear, Freddie. And when my mother came home and saw Freddie covered in band-aids, she knew she had a problem with her hands. Right. And so now I want to know, well, what happened to Freddie? Did you do something <laughs> to Freddie? But no, that's, you get a bandage when you go to the doctor's office. And so you were taking care of Freddie. Right. But that gives us an image of who you are, who you were, right? Um, so I think to bring someone into that. Another way you can uh, show and not tell is remember that even though you live in experience and you know it very intimately, other people won't know that even if they feel like they live the same experience. And so I had one um, workshop participant, this was an adult, um, a professional development session. And so we went around and said, okay, well, what's something that's unique about you? And so what this person revealed is that when he was younger, he was homeless. And the whole room was like, oh. And I said, you know what? That is something that is, I said, but the thing is, you know, no one else in here has been homeless. So in our minds, we think we know what that's like, but how can you bring us, you know, into that moment? And so he started to tell us about how um, he and his younger sister, he would have to protect his younger sister. And sometimes they would find shelter uh, under the highway overpass and how sometimes, you know, when they were really hungry and they wanted a meal, he would actually go dumpster diving um, in uh, restaurant dumpsters. And so when we had to kind of narrow it down to, well, what's one thing that you can say? Okay, you used to be homeless, but what is something that's more important to you? He said, you know what? I have a special appreciation for home cooked meals because I remember having to dig through dumpsters for food. And so that is something that no one can misconstrue. You know, if you tell your story well, other people not only get to see and understand you, it's like they got to be on part of the journey with you. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing what you can do with, to your point, the, the power of narrative and storytelling, because while I can feel some empathy and, and get that the person was homeless, 
The second way you told it, I felt like I was there with them and watching it happen. Um, and it just hit home a little more. And then I, yeah. you can relate to home cooked meals and dumps. And so the power of writing and telling our stories, it's, um, it, it has an impact. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Is there one other special tip you want to share? That that's really that one is enough meat on the bones that folks. You got me thinking. I got to go rework some of my writing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a lot of I have a lot of tips, and I can't get to all of them. I will say the one piece that I didn't say, but kind of implied, is that good stories are the stories where your protagonist goes on a journey. But a great story is a story where your reader gets to take the journey with you. But I will say, though, for anyone watching, if you want more tips, uh, there are two workbooks that we have at Capture Greatness. And so one is for the personal statement and one is for scholarships. And some of those examples are in those workbooks. Um, and so you can go to CaptureGreatness.org slash workbooks and get access to both of them. So you can kind of see and feel your way through these two different types of essays. That is uh, awesome. Um, I can't believe it, as always, that the time seems to fly by. We're almost to a close for the Philly Focus segment. Shout out to Siani, Aliyah, and Justin, who put you on the hot seat, and to <laughs> Allende Stewart for putting you on the hot seat, too, on the Facebook Live, and the comments from Alexis B. Um, in a second, we're going to come back with the final segment, which we call Closing the Gap, which is where the students and I get to share some of our insights, something maybe we learned today of our just recap of the show. But before we get to that, I want to first say thank you to you um, and allow you some time that if you have some closing thoughts for the students and parents out there who are listening live or those who will be listening to the podcast of this, which will be out next week. Sure. So thank you. It was truly my pleasure um, to be on and to share this information. I'm so excited by it. This is something that I'm never bored with talking about. And I, in terms of closing thoughts, one of the things that I want to say, you know, I've been checking in on some of our high school seniors and uh, many of them don't know how to feel right now, particularly because we're going through this pandemic. You know, everything that they felt they worked so hard for, like prom and graduation and class trips are canceled, right? Um, and we don't know if we'll ever be able to recover that or those experiences for them. But then also because of the gravity of what's happening with COVID-19, and we know people are losing lives and losing lost loved ones and, you know, losing income and jobs and all of those things. A lot of young people, a lot of students don't know how to feel. And I just want to say that it's okay to feel your emotions. You can be sad. You can mourn uh, what is lost. And we can still celebrate all of your wins at the same time. Just because we might not have graduation as usual does not mean that we are not as proud of you and that you shouldn't push forward. And um Having gone through 9-11, uh, that happened my senior year of um, high school. And so and then recessions and layoffs and those types of things. One of the things that I think is really important is to feel how you feel. Um, be honest about that, but also find ways to stay active and push through. And so one of the ways that we can do that and kind of focus our energy 
is by being of service to other people, even if that's virtually, if that's helping someone understand, you know, video chatting or FaceTime or Zoom or whatever, you know, just try to show up and be of service and know on the other side, we're all going to be stronger for it. And we're going to be really grateful. And you guys are going to look like um, the, the real, not necessarily heroes, I'm, I'm losing a word right now, but, you know, we are going to admire you for your strength and your ability, your resilience to work through this with grace. I um, appreciate you sharing those words and thoughts. And to pick up on what you just said, thank you for being of service to our community uh, on air today and obviously off air with all the work you do with Capture Greatness. With that, if folks want uh, a place to go for online resources related to writing, uh, where should they go? Yep, so capturegreatness.org slash workbooks. You can get both of the workbooks that I was talking about today. And for parents who are just interested in, you know, how, how do we pay for college? You can sign up on our newsletter list right there, capturegreatness.org on the homepage. And you can get a free uh, ebook that I put together to help parents with that. Awesome. And if folks want more Melissa, and they should, where can they find you online? It's easiest to find me on LinkedIn or Facebook. I'm not on the other sites because I'm not that young. <laughs> well, you are of service to the youth. So I am sure you have more youthful spirit than you are letting on based on your social media account. But yes, okay. go please follow Melissa on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook and definitely go check out uh, Capture Greatness. Dot org. With that, Melissa, thank you for joining us. Um, if you have some time, please hold. Uh, the students are going to come back on for their final segment and close it out with the segment we call Closing the Gap. We appreciate you so much, Melissa. All right. We are back for the final segment of Business of Wealth live show and podcast, episode six, Riding Your Way to Success in school and in life. And I'm joined by the P-Robe team, AKA the leaders of the new school, uh, Siani, Aliyah and Justin. Uh, Aliyah and Siani are 12th graders at Robeson High School and part of the Bridges to Entrepreneurship program here at Bridges to Wealth. And Justin is a freshman at Wharton and a mentor in the Bridges to Wealth program. And we're not really a podcast or a live stream. We're actually a group of students who are working on a project uh, that Siani, Aliyah, and Kayla lead for Robeson High School. Siani, do you want to say a brief word about what is the project that you guys do when we're not um, doing a podcast? Yeah. So we're P Rope social media team. At, so we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Robeson Official. So we run like daily newsletters for our school or even like different things such as podcasts. Um, some students even started merch. So we're like this whole company for our school. Yes, indeed. You're like social media slash marketing consultants. And it has been amazing the work that you guys have been doing over the past uh, year. And so shout out to you for now assisting with and co-producing and hosting this show. With that, it's time for Closing the Gap, which we end every show, just like we end our team meetings with closing thoughts you have, maybe an insight you learned, just overall reactions to the show. Who would like to go first? I can go first. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed today's show. I think it was very useful and very like applicable to students trying to go through the college application progress uh, process with everything going on. 
And I think I really enjoyed the piece of advice about writer's block, about how just like having a friend or writing it down through a text, like even being informal, just hold somebody, somebody there to hold you accountable, help you get through like that tough time trying to start, start something. Something that was really helpful. Yes, indeed. Because whether it's our personal statement or some other type of assignment, or in your case, in my case, finals, when we might have a final paper to write, really getting focused in on what we want to get across, uh, what topic we want to cover can help us get some momentum again. Very cool. Who's up next? I'll go next. So I really appreciate it, um, how we address their wires block. A lot of students, you know, we just go out and just write. We don't know exactly where to start or a lot of times when people are writing for like a job or anything of that certain thing. We always think about writing ourselves, but we'll go on and on, but we won't really wrap it all together and just like the key points. True. Uh, but now we've been armed with some of the insights from Melissa to, to be better writers, and we appreciate her so much. Uh, with that, uh, Aliyah, that means you're up next. Closing thoughts. Yeah, I just want to say hey, thank you, Melissa. Every time you a lot, like, you want to put the writers point of view like into a movie to make the audience be more involved, more engaged. Alaya, we can't hear you. I think you have to disconnect your earpods. Yeah, Alaya, yeah, could you hear me? I, I can hear you now. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm just I, saying, like, thank you. Maybe I was talking too loud. My foil. <laughs> you still can't hear me? I can hear you. So Siani, um, she's coming through. I'm not sure why you can't hear. So Alaya, say what you said one more time for the audience. Oh, my foil. I said thank you to Melissa because what she told us was very, like, like what she said about the writer's block, like, making it to a mom movie, you know. People want to really know and people want to really envision what's going on in their life because they're not in your shoes to really know the, the details and depth. So what she said about that was real good. And, yeah, thanks to her for coming on and talking to us about this. Very cool. And one of the things that caught my attention too was the whole idea of, um, I believe she said, show, don't tell. And I think it was very powerful, the example she used um, around the being, I think, a doctor. And then also when the person was describing about being homeless, how showing someone can be more powerful than just telling them. And so with that, uh, we are coming to the close of the show. Uh, I'd like to say thank you to everyone who tuned in, especially uh, folks who left their comments on the Facebook Live. If you missed any of today's show, the live stream will be available as a podcast next week on BridgesToWealth.org. Also on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, you can search Bridges to Wealth. And there might even be a blog post, too. And I guess I can't say maybe. We had a show about writing, so I think we're going to have to write a blog post about what happened today, and we will have that available next week, too. Shout out to uh, Miss Melissa Rowe. Uh, thank you to her for sharing her insights and letting us know how we can be better writers and go out and get some of those dollars that are available, which will be even more important uh, given the times that we are living in. And also just a shout out to the overall Bridges to Wealth team that continues to virtually uh, work our mission of uh, closing the wealth gap here in Philadelphia and beyond. So with that, um, my closing thought is, if you got something to say, then you probably got something to write. And with that, 
as always, these times call for more support and more connections. So I'm glad that we were able to hopefully do some of that today. And I'll leave you with my favorite quote, which is, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, let's go together. It's an African proverb, and we're going to keep going on this journey together. So on behalf of Bridges of Wealth and Siani, Aliyah, Kayla, and Justin, we appreciate y'all. We're out. And until next time, peace.